Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. So get in the Word of God, talk about it. And we're in a series here where we've been talking about why young people fall away from the faith. And this morning, I want to talk about a really serious problem. And a problem that we all need to be as parents or as friends, as youth pastors, as pastors, we need to be careful about. And that is, what if the person who grows up to become a teenager or go to college, and they fall away from the faith, what if they were never really a Christian to begin with? What if they were never saved to begin with? And how do we deal with this? What do we talk about here? You know, in our, in our Christian life course, we all want our children to be saved. And whenever one of them asks Jesus into their heart, we're so excited. I'm sure we are. I know I was, and I'm sure you would be. And we want to tell everybody, and we're excited, and they have a great feeling, and so on. And this is important. It is important that we help guide our children and shepherd our children into the faith. But what if, what if that didn't really take? What if that wasn't really salvation? And we got so excited and wanted to believe the best that we don't even recognize the signs in their lives that maybe it wasn't salvation. Often this happens when a person is really young, they're trying to figure things out and they believe in Jesus. They realize they're a sinner, they believe in Jesus, and they ask him to to be saved. But again, what are the signs? Later on, when they get into high school age, middle school and high school, and keep in mind, middle school, 13, 14, 15, this is a time when many people who turn away from the faith really turn with a vengeance. I've mentioned here before that I often ask atheists on campus, when is it that you became, that? when is it you stopped believing in God? And almost all of them tell me age, right around age 13, 14, or 15. So this is a tender time, an important time. Parents, friends, siblings, youth pastors, pastors, it's important at this, at this age range that you help people really what we say own their faith. Make sure that the profession they made when they were younger is genuine, that it's solidified, that it's reaffirmed. Make sure you help them know what they believe and really commit to it, all right? It's really, really important to own their faith and not just say, I did it when I was a child or I did it because I thought my parents would like me to do it, but I really did receive Christ. I really am born again. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to Corinthians, he says, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? Examine yourself. How often do you hear this preached? How often do you hear someone say, test, make sure you're really in the faith? Again, we live in a time where there is, in, in, in my particular branch of Christianity, our particular tribe, we have a great, uh, we see great importance in assurance of salvation and knowing that, that you're loved by God and you don't have to legalistically be working to maintain your salvation. That salvation isn't a matter of, you know, Jesus say, Jesus gives you a clean slate and then you take it from there and start kind of start all over again. We don't believe in that. And we can have great emphasis, and we do have great emphasis on assurance of salvation because the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins. We're not saved by our works, we're saved by Christ, and that happens at salvation. That justification, salvation by grace through faith, is a past tense event. Sanctification, being in the past we have been saved 
from the penalty of our sins. We are being saved from the power of our sins. Now, that's called sanctification. And we can emphasize it so strongly that we maybe overlook a person who isn't really saved and we, we want to believe they are because they prayed the sinner's prayer. And so I want to ask if, if we want to examine ourselves and test ourselves and challenge us to make sure you're really saved. You are really saved. And often we don't hear this because we think it goes against eternal security. No, it doesn't go. Eternal security only relates to those who really are saved. Eternal security and salvation in Christ only relates to those who are saved, not to those who may be made a profession but might not be saved. And I guess my point is it's very possible, and as a matter of fact, I think it's quite common that people do make a profession of faith and are not saved. Well, if you want to test yourselves, or if you want your kids or your teens or your college-age people to test themselves, what are some things that don't save you? Well, let's just look at a little list here real quick. Church attendance is not how you're saved. A person can go to church and they're not saved. And, and in all honesty, in our day, church is not that. Most people don't go to church. And we can think just showing up at church means you're saved. It's not. That's not what saves you. Being excited about youth group isn't what saves you. Some people, you know, I used to, when I was, before I was saved, I hated going to youth group. After I got saved, I loved it. But that might be a sign that I got saved, but that isn't what does save me. Being a worship leader or a small group leader isn't what saves me. I've known many people who, who led, led worship, and yet they deny the faith. They, they, they now don't even believe in God. Or they led a small group and now don't even believe in God. That doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. Being baptized, this is not, you know, this is a, some, some churches would teach that that happens. No, baptism is what saves you. Being a generally good person isn't what saves you. Having Christian parents and, or Christian siblings and kind of catching it by osmosis, catching the faith by osmosis, that's not what saves you. Taking communion, that's not what saves you. Praying the sinner's prayer, that's not what saves you. Having your radio set to K-Love, that's not what saves you. Any of these things might be evidence that you're saved, but this is not what saves you. And a person can do all of these things and still not be saved. Salvation, the scripture says, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Salvation is like, it's such a whole new life that Jesus referred to as being born again, a spiritual birth. It's more than assenting to a doctrinal statement. When I, would, through, when I was a teenager, I went through confirmation classes. We took a test, and if we passed the test we, and said we believed certain things, we were confirmed into the church, became members of the church. But that was all academic. There was nothing in the heart. The Scripture says that it's with the heart a man believes. With the heart a man believes. He trusts. He turns to God. He embraces Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And that, my friends, that's, that's salvation. Now, I want to say something. There's, there's a mystery to salvation. In one sense, we don't want to make it more difficult than it is. It's simple. Salvation is, is allowing Jesus to rescue you. It's turning to him. It's, it's, it, the, I've, I know people who've been saved who didn't have all the right doctrine. I don't believe I had all the right doctrine when I got saved. I hope I got all the right doctrine now. You know what I mean? Right doctrine isn't what saves you. 
What saves you, all that whole list of things is not what saves you. What saves us is genuine faith in Jesus Christ. A child can have it. It doesn't need to be complicated, but it does need to be real. Let me say that again. It doesn't need to be complicated. We don't want to complicate it, but it must be real. It must be genuine. And how can we tell if a person's truly born again? Is it emotional? Do they cry? Do they... Is there some sort of sign? It's different with different people. There's a mystery to this. Like I said, on one sample, in some ways it's so simple. In other ways, I've seen salvation with different people that shows itself in different ways. Some people are emotional, some are not. Some people it's more academic, some it's less. But the point is this: it's real. It's real. And that's what I want to encourage us, that we make sure that in our lives, our salvation is real. This is what Paul's saying. Test yourself. Make sure Christ is in you. Make sure you've been born again. The book of 1 John gives a number of tests that we can know by whether or not we've been born again. If you wonder, you can read the book of 1 John and underline the various things that where he points out, by this we know the one who does this or the one who who does that, we know they're born again. We know they're of God. These could be good tests that they're, while they aren't what saves us, they are the evidence of our salvation, okay? They're not what saves us. They're the evidence of our salvation. But the question, has a person truly be, been born again? And we can't determine this for someone. We can't affirm someone else. It's something that we can teach and talk about and share and, and, and teach the scripture, but it's got to be their faith alone, their faith personally. Now, I've shared my story here before that when I was a new Christian for, well, probably for a couple of years, there would be times I would leave a prayer meeting or I'd be around some Christians who were really on fire for God. And I would say, no, God, on the way home, or I'd, I'd pray afterwards, I said, Lord, I think I'm saved. I believe I'm saved, but I don't have what those people have. So just in case, I want to reaffirm I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm asking Christ to save me, come into my life and save me. And uh, the, the fellow who was discipling me, he didn't think I should do that. He kind of admonished me. He said, that's a lack of faith. And I agree that he, I appreciate his admonishment. But I also would say that what that did was it showed that my salvation really mattered to me. And folks, this is what I want to say to you. I hope your salvation, the salvation of your family members, the salvation of people in your youth group, it matters enough that if they're doubting, you're going to treat that honestly. You're going to help them get find the answers. You're not just going to admonish them for their lack of faith and tell them to keep believing. That might not work. That might not work. Now, I think the guy who told me that, he saw clearly I had evidence and marks of salvation. But if a person doesn't, encourage them to seek the Lord. We believe salvation is a past tense, one-time experience. But we also, there's admonition in the scripture that we keep seeking the Lord. I think also of this verse here, Second, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. Listen, if you've tasted the kindness of God, if you've received of his salvation, grow, 
grow, grow. Lay aside that bad stuff, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. Lay it aside. Be done with it. Get rid of the sin and say, now I'm longing for God's word because I want to grow and respect my salvation. I don't want to just see it as a past tense, one-time thing that's now over and done. And uh, I can check that off my list. I'm going to heaven. Now, what else do I move on to? No, we have a relationship with God. This is eternal life that they might know Jesus Christ, that might know the Father and Jesus Christ from now sent, John 17, 3. It's not enough to just enter into the relationship, grow in that relationship. Let your roots go deep, be strong, and you'll and, and when, when time comes, you'll know you're saved and you'll be strong in your faith and dynamic and you'll overcome the evil one. But if you let your faith become stale, you might even question, did you even have it? And the truth is, you might not have had it. If you're not growing, you're not changing. Are you born again? Keep in mind, folks, our works, our good deeds, our changed life, that's not what saves us, but it is the evidence that we're saved. And if there's no evidence at all, don't assume you're saved or don't assume someone else is. Keep preaching the gospel to them. Don't preach works to them. Preach the gospel that they might have a living faith and not a dead faith, a saving faith that can really make a difference. Got it? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the simplicity of the gospel, that through faith in Jesus, by grace, we are saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Not of our works, that lest any of us would boast. Hallelujah. And we thank you today, Father, that salvation also, it's a mystery. It's a new life. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in a person. It's not just that we assent to a a set of doctrines or we say we agree with something. There is the work of the Holy Spirit that we must be born again. So I pray, Father, for everyone on this live stream. I pray for those, our children, our brothers, our sisters, our, our loved ones, our parents, people we want to see saved, Lord. Help us to really speak truth to them and might the Spirit cause them to be born again to a living hope. Might it be genuine? Might it be real? I pray, Father, that we would not be so quick to want to feel good or feel they're saved or feel assured of their salvation, that we neglect the depth and the mystery to make sure that that you're the one at work in their life. I pray for genuine salvations in all our loved ones, all those that we share the gospel with. We bless you today, Lord, and we pray once again for those we love and care about that they would be faithful until the end, not falling away because of all the temptations of the world. We give you this day to follow you and to walk in your ways. We love you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.